Hey creators and welcome to another episode of The Creator Project. Today I had the lovely Gavin in the studio to talk all about his career as a TV presenter for BBC in addition to other major broadcasting networks including Sky and ITV. Gavin is an absolute pro when it comes to camera confidence, public speaking, getting into the industry, like all of the above. He really really dives into it so this is a great episode for anyone who has ever struggled with their camera confidence or or anyone who's looking for practical and actionable tips and strategies which will help them feel more comfortable in front of the camera. So if that's you or maybe you're looking to get into the media and presenting industry one day this episode is for you. So without further ado let's get to it. Hi Gavin. Jade, good to see you. So good to see you. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, actually. Yeah, a little bit frazzled as per normal, but you know, that's just, the default. <laughs> just the standard L- London frazzle yeah. vibe, I feel like, is what I carry around with me on a daily basis. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. The, eye, the <laughs> eyes have it. The eyes have it like that. And the hair has it today as well. So yeah. No, you look great. Thank you. You look you great. <laughs> I am so excited to talk to you today. You've had quite the career in presenting, and I just know you're going to have so many valuable tips to share with myself and all fingers the creators crossed. listening. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yes. I've yes. really built you up now. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah it's it. Imagine if it's rubbish from now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it won't be. I'm sure of it. So to kick us off, why don't you introduce yourself? Because a lot of people listening might not be familiar with you yet. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Jade. Yeah. I'm Gavin, Gavin Ramjorn. Nice to meet you all. Um, I'm a presenter with BBC at the moment. I've done Sky as well over the years. ITV, I've been around. Mm. Uh, I actually counted it something like 15 and a half years now in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time Um, Mm. and presenting as well on air. So I started out when I was young, Mm. used to do kids TV, children's BBC, News Round, show called News Round, which mm. was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Still going as well. Still mm. going strong. Um, it's uh, 40 plus years now of that. Um, wow. So I was one of the presenters on that. Did a bit of Blue Peter as well back in those days and loads of children's BBC shows, actually. Mm. So I had a break pretty much straight from university to present. Baptism of Fire, learn, had to learn very, very quickly straight from the off. And then did a bit of ITV, morning shows, Sky Sports, lots of like, and American TV as well, actually, CBS. Mm. So I've done a lot of reporting as well as presenting. Started out as a runner, though, pretty much from, yeah, from the ground up. Right. Photocopying, you know, making teas, doing mm-hmm. runs for people's food, etc. Very much like the lowest rung of the ladder to start out on. Mm-hmm. And then work my way up from there, really. And yeah, also massively into sports. So you can probably gather with my sporting like background and what have you, and maybe mm-hmm. my tone, etc. Used to play a lot of football, played semi-pro football for a bit. Massively into mental health as well, like promoting better mental health. I've got a platform called Manzilla, which I'm really passionate about. All about men's escapism, mental health, promoting good guys, you know, just men to be sort of like the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all about me, really, in a sense. Uh, and I'm all about kind of, you know, bringing the good vibes and bringing, you know, you know, good feelings towards kind of like anything I'm all, all about, really. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Thanks. Okay, so question. Did you always know that you wanted to be a presenter or did you? was it more just that you wanted to be in media? Good question, yeah. I think, I actually think it was probably more about wanting to be in media. It's interesting, a really interesting question. So I've had a very like kind of diverse journey to get to where I am. So I'm in my early 40s now. Um, <laughs> not going to reveal my age, although I probably have just done. So a lot of people don't really know my age, which is a nice thing. So I suppose having the, the sort of like you know, babyish face mm. look is Keep quite it an good... enigma. Yes, you know? this is it. Yeah. I'm going to start aging down, I think, actually, from now on. Benjamin Button style. Uh, so next job will be 39. Uh, and then 38 the year after that. Um, so 
yeah, I, I actually studied to become a, uh, wanted to get into finance, you know, I wanted oh, to get into okay. finance and I Very wanted to different. be, yeah, totally. I wanted to be a stockbroker. I was yeah. really attracted to like the sort of, I'm, I mean, the film has glamorized it, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to exactly do what they do on that. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, but that sort of lifestyle, you know, yeah. nice cars, nice lifestyle, nice house, etc. And, you know, the whole sort of background I come from, like the whole being pushed towards being a doctor, mm. lawyer, mm. engineer, that kind of thing was massive. Mm. Uh, it was a real thing to not do any of those careers right. and to go into like TV as such or anything yeah. different was quite a, a job to persuade the family. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, like I wanted to go down like the, the next best thing, which would have been finance, which yeah. obviously is a credible career. Mm. And so my degree, my first degree was in business and economics. I figured like that would be a good way in. And a lot of people from my course at the time were in that industry. So people who graduated were, had gone into that industry. So it was all very sort of like, you know, logically mapped out. I was yeah. having the talks with all the right companies, that kind of thing. And then I got a bit of work experience um, on BBC Wales uh, mm. doing randomly in a music video for Question of Sport. That video will hopefully never see the light of day. <laughs> I'm going to find it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, it, I was dressed up as a, a as the Jackson 5, part of the Jackson 5. What? Yeah. And the, the, the celebrity guest was in the Jackson 5 with us. And we had to okay. like reenact, blame it on the boogie. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, I know. This is random. If I find it, I'm going to put it in the description. Anyone can okay. <laughs> okay, uh, I can't promise I'm going to find I'll, it. I'll get on the case and hide that now. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's out there somewhere. So, yeah. Any, anyhow, I got really into the... the that side of media randomly I wasn't really thinking about media as a career but from that shoot from that experience yeah. I really thought actually you know what this team's really nice here they're very very like you know professional it's a very cool discipline mm. I, I quite enjoyed it and mm. I thought well maybe I can combine media and um, business in a mm. in a in a way that could work in that sense so I did an MA a master's mm. in international relations and politics and p uh, public relations as well and it sort of was like a bit of a bridge to do more of the business side but also flirt with media yeah. so I ended up doing like looking into trying to become a sports agent looking into becoming like a business side of you know a business career within media mm. like looking into those sorts of things I did a dissertation which was all about the changing relationships of media and TV and how it's all playing out. And I, my work got published in academia, oh, which wow. was random and like really cool. But at the time, it was really like kind of at the forefront of what the industry yeah. was doing. So Ofcom had just been formed. This is how old I am. Ofcom had just been formed. I, didn't, I wanted and, to stop myself because I was going to go, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. So this was the early 2000s. And um, obviously now it'd be very dated, like mm. because the industry and as, oh, as we all know, changed, yeah. completely yeah. flips. But back at the, that time, Ofcom was a new regulator. Right. And uh, my research had looked into what Ofcom was going to do. And so okay. I, that kind of got me into a lot of places, got yeah. published in academia. I was in like a lot of magazines, trade magazines wow. for the work and um, networked with a lot of execs. So therefore I was like, oh, let's try and get into some TV productions. Mm. So I got into become a, a runner with a few of the like production companies I'd liaised with. Mm. One of them was uh, Anton Dex Saturday Night Takeaway. So I was Anton Dex runner for a while. Mm. So that was my first job in TV as their runner and Dermot O'Leary's runner on one show as well. What are they like? Just quickly. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Really, really great. Nice guys. Be really upset if no. you tell me they're not nice. I'd be like, oh no. <laughs> I have a lot of nice stories of, of various people, but right. they are not one of them. They okay. are amazing. Yeah, they're, they're really good. So yeah, literally, long answer to your great question. That kind of got me the taste of it and I mm. built on that and I figured at some point I'd want to get into presenting or reporting or something mm. to do with doing on-air work. Mm. A lot of people said like, you know, at the time as well, back in the sort of mid, early, like 2005 
like era, there weren't many brown or black faces mm. around. Not many. There's a few, but you'd know who yeah. they were because yeah. they're so Because it was distinct. such a unique thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah completely. Mm. Like so distinctive, like mm. to see black and brown faces on TV back then. Yeah. You'd know exactly who they were and th there wouldn't be any doubt of like who these people were. Yeah. yeah. Whereas back then, like if you were trying to get in, it would be like, you'd almost be ushered to try and have a go at it, but it, you knew that the barriers would be there because there's not many of you. So I thought I'd have a go at it and then did a couple of show reels, sent them off to various people. Children's BBC were quite keen to see me and mm -hmm. like get me on board and have an audition. I had three auditions. Okay. And a coach come and work with me because I was fresh off the block. So was the coach anything. on your own dime? You were like, actually, I need to get a no, coach. No, they, 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 the got, coach. they oh, cool. got me. Yeah, which was right. really nice. And mm. um, it was more a case of like seeing how I would cope with the learning process, I think. Okay. And that learning process is very difficult. Yeah. I'm not going to make any bones about it. Like not everyone can be a presenter. Everyone yeah. probably thinks they can be. Everyone probably sees it and thinks it's a nice, easy career, quite glamorous, can lead to this, this and this. But the graft and the, the technicality behind it, mm. if you do it properly, that's when you see the people that shine. Whereas... I, you know, everyone can have a go at doing it. Everyone can 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 yeah. like you know try it. I, yeah. I don't discourage that at all. Mm. But to actually like properly build from the bottom up and mm. like see what the technicalities are, mm. how you you know effectively design yourself to become a character. Yeah, because it's more than just like saying words. It's more mm. than just like you know going on camera and you know, learning something and saying it, it's, there's way more to it. And it's, it's, it involves a lot of self-work, but that takes time. You can't just click your fingers and do that overnight. That takes yeah. months, years of, of work, yeah. you yeah. know? Uh, so that, that got me into the, the, the presenting mm. uh, really. And I learned, I had to learn a lot very, very quickly. Hey creators, do you have any burning questions which you really want answered? For example, are you unsure on how to increase your engagement on Instagram? Or maybe you're debating whether to start a membership. Or perhaps you're confused as to which camera you should buy next or what microphone you need to start your podcast. Well, you are in luck because we have the answers. Every Tuesday, we invite you to submit your questions over on our Instagram at thecreatorproject underscore. Do not forget the underscore. We select one question to answer every single week and we provide detailed answers to that question in our email newsletter. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and submit your questions and you also sign up to our newsletter to make sure you see the answers. Links to both our Instagram and our newsletter are available in the show notes. There was a Sorry, couple of things that you there. No, I love that. It was so interesting. And there was a couple of things that you mentioned that I just want to like dive deeper into. First of all, you mentioned that, you know, you had to go through a process to persuade your parents yeah. that this was a good viable path for you and I think a lot of people listening can relate to that in some way yeah. because even though content creation is becoming so popular yeah a lot of us still have to do the job of yeah. convincing friends family whoever it is actually this is a viable career and I can make this work yeah so talk to me what about what that was like for you yeah that's that I can imagine actually that being you know content creation being a the newer sort mm -hmm. of end of, of media these days and what it means to be you know in it and have a career in it, mm. I can imagine it being extremely difficult to convince someone from a traditional background mm. that it's actually something you can make money from because there's no logical way of doing it, is there? There's like, and it's the same with how I got in as well. There's no logical way how you get in. Yeah, You get in from working really hard, impressing people with yeah. your attitude and then making the most of your opportunities and taking risks where it's appropriate. Mm. But I think in, in anyone who is maybe sort of struggling to convince a, you know, guardian or parent or whatever, somebody, Friends as well. Friends can be very yeah. skeptical. Yeah. I think it's something that's really interesting because you can often convince yourself 
before you convince other people. Mm. And I think that is probably the way to do it because, it, you know, in order to, to make it work, you've got to believe in it yourself to begin with. Yeah. And if you don't believe in it yourself to begin with, then you're not going to make it work for other people. Mm. And that's half the battle, isn't it? Making Convincing yourself. Yeah. yeah making yeah. it work for yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's a difficult one. Like, I suppose making, if you're trying to make money from it, it's, it, it probably is even harder because the first parts of it will, won't be making you any money, right? So it's keeping that hustle going and keeping that passion burning mm. to make it, you know, one, convincing for yourself, but two, you know, seeing how it's working in the in yeah. in the ether, yeah. in the environment for other people to see and take note yeah. that you're actually doing something worthwhile. Yeah, completely. It's almost like believe in yourself so much that it will be hard for someone else not to as well. Yeah. You know, it becomes yeah. a bit infectious. Yeah. No, that, that's such a good point. No, it's, it's interesting, like thinking about how to sell it to, to them, how to sell it to the skeptical lot. Yeah. It, it, it's like, you know, that there isn't any, everything you say and do won't sell it to them. Yeah. I know how it is. The barrier is fully down. Mm. Fort Knox is like well and truly in place. You're not getting that career mm -hmm. idea past anyone. I know how it is. But the only thing you can do is just, you have to believe in yourself. Mm. You have to, because there were times when I thought, oh, what if this doesn't work out? Oh, what if this isn't for me? What if I don't get anyone employing me or if I don't get anything that's that's fruitful. I remember at the time as well, I was seeing friends of mine on graduate schemes, earning decent money, you know, earning a, their way in London. Yeah. And I was still doing, I mean, I, I'll, I'll level with you. Like I was working three or four different jobs just to make the TV work. Yeah. The runner work work, because it was not being paid very well at all. It was not, you know, it still is to this day. It's really difficult to get a well-paid entry-level job in media, especially mm. in TV. So I was working in like Ted Baker uh, as a retail assistant. I was working in, you know, temp jobs doing work for the Alzheimer's Society, admin stuff, runner work for post-production studios, just hustling. Mm. And it was really difficult. And people see that. And if it's if it's part of a phase of your life, I think it's really interesting because it shows that you've worked from the ground up. Yeah. But a lot of people will see it and they'll think, oh, he or she's not doing anything worthwhile. Yeah. They're wasting their time. Yeah. So ours. Yeah. It's also one of those things where when you, as you said, when you look back on it, yeah. it's kind of like this character building kind of exercise. And when you explain to people, this is where I started, it could be really motivating. But when mm. you're in it yeah. is when it's hard, which it's is the really same hard. for so many things. Yeah. When you look back at it, it's always everything. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. When you look back at things through rose tinted glasses, yeah. when you're in it is when it's actually quite tricky. Yeah. But, you know, you, you made it work, which is incredibly impressive. So yeah. I, I would love to talk a bit about presenting camera confidence because as you mentioned you had a coach and that was my biggest question for you was did you have a coach and like what did they teach you this this to me is quite like an enigma that I've because I've never had coaching for mm -hmm. public speaking or anything before but it is something that I want to look into so maybe for selfish reasons I would love to know what yeah. that experience was like for you yeah it was uh it was extremely at the time as well I remember it very well like it was extremely sort of uncomfortable uncomfortable is probably the way I'd describe it I mean not in the sense that it was so Socially strange. Socially, it was great, but it's just when you are thrown into difficult situations mm -hmm. and taught how to react and cope. Yeah, it's uh, because you know you're you're obviously on camera and you're being examined, you're being yeah. critiqued. Feedback is direct. Mm. It's quite like it makes you feel really self-conscious. Yeah. And as soon as that self-consciousness goes, that's when you see the changes. Yeah. But it doesn't happen straight away. Yeah. You've got to build get broken down, build, yeah. get broken down, build, yeah. get broken down until all those things are like completely on the floor in, in, in an absolute mess. Yeah. It's the only time you can really figure out how to rebuild again. Yeah. So that happens every single time in order to get better. Yeah. And, you know, there's little tweaks you can do to 
feel like more like yourself and two to be better in mm. terms of presentation it's really interesting about like voice work and like how you react when you're on camera mm. and how you express yourself facially non-verbally these little things are really important but yeah. it, it's only until you're being coached and when you're being broken down that you realize what happens and what you're doing yeah, yeah. it's so hard to like just say to somebody off the bat, like without having gone through their critique, you know, through several times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to actually say what it is they need to improve on. Yeah. On the surface, you can probably say this, this or this, but yeah. the reality is it goes a lot deeper. Yeah. And it's down to how you are as a person. I really believe that, you know, if you're an anxious person, mm. you can often be sort of quite anxious in your presenting. Mm. If you're a calm person, sometimes it's not necessarily good for energy. Yeah. It's difficult. There's, there's ways you need to harness and and nurture your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So I guess a big part of it is understanding the type of person you are and how you show up on yeah. camera. Because then I guess that would help you identify yeah. the areas that you might need to work on. 100%. I think what the the coach or good coaching will do, mm. there's a lot of places out there that will offer presenter coaching, public speaking coaching. Mm. Not all of them are legit. Yeah. Some are very good. So it's 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 a very mixed bag mm. about what's out there. But I think, um, you know, doing the work yourself through potentially like therapy or through uh, life coaching yeah. is a really, really good starting point, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's so interesting. I never even thought about that before, but it makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Sometimes we approach things, well, at least I do, yeah. to, from a practical lens too yeah. much. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be like, it's okay, I just need to learn how to read a script without yeah. thinking, okay, just take a step back yeah. here and actually yeah. figure out what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like straight on the output, do you the, know what I mean? Exactly. The funny <laughs> thing is when you say read a script, like yeah. uh, obviously the, there's, there is script, mm. but sometimes when you're saying those words it should feel like it's normal like it's, yes like it's you your voice I, in this room now saying that is such an impressive skill yeah that people have yeah because i don't script my videos yeah like as you can tell i'm not i'm not really from a script now yeah and the first time i had to read from a script was for a youtube campaign i did last year and it was in a full studio and we had like eight people dialing in from america in the middle of the night and there was yeah. like eight more people in the studio and there were several cameras and i was like oh my god this yeah. is a big deal and then there was the teleprompter yeah. over the camera and it threw me yeah. because I'm so used to speaking directly to a lens. Yeah. I never thought I'd get to the point where that is comfortable for me. Yeah. But I my eyes kept on trying to find the lens yeah, because yeah. I just it feels so weird mm. just to read words and have them not look at one specific thing and yeah. also have them come off yeah. like you're having a genuine conversation. And then you get feedback and it's like, great, can you just say it again, but with this infliction or yeah. as if you feel this way? And I'm like, this is like acting. Yeah. This is so hard. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's, um, and that is, that is to a degree, that is what it's like. It is a mm. bit like acting. You're acting out yourself. This yeah. is the thing. So I've had a bit of acting training just off my own bat this is just to see what the difference would be like right. and I did actually randomly have a couple of auditions for things uh, <laughs> which is that. why I pro it prompted me to try and do it but it's yeah. interesting with acting you are a completely different person yeah you know you've got to transport yourself into a completely different character mm. you've got to embody that character you've got yeah. to learn that character the character work is where the magic comes from yeah and you see the best actors they've really done the work mm. it's the same with presenting like if you do the work on yourself that's where you see the magic come to light. Yeah. And that voice and that inflection, it, all those little things, you'll be able to harness that better when you've done the work yourself. Yeah. But to be honest with you, that auto key work is a whole different dimension of training. Yeah. That auto key work and like studio anchoring, 
links yeah. etc that links. is so links as in like you're linking from one element to another say okay. like say like we're doing a show mm. now mm. you're doing a link to another thing oh it's okay. different mindsets different yeah. mindsets you've got to be different like in every scenario yeah you might be having a fun chat with a uh, with me now yeah and then you might go to something serious if mm. this is if you're doing a studio show mm. something serious down the line with somebody else and you've got yeah. to flip that switch yeah. Yeah. like that and the gear change is really interesting because you can't just go from like happy to sad 100 miles an hour mm. you've got to transition it Mm. So it's like your brain's got to compute what's coming next, but you're also still chatting to me. Yeah. There's, there's loads of different elements to presenting God, an auto cue. Very difficult. <laughs> you get used to it. You get The more you do it yeah. and the more you get broken down, mm. this is the thing. Bad feedback is not something to be discouraged. Mm. I actually actively seek it out where mm. I can because it helps you get better. If you're, if you're using the right coaches, like you will get better from that. Yeah. And listening to yourself back. Uh, watching yourself back. Yeah. Most important things you can do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, there was even, and I'm sure some people can relate to this because obviously a lot of people listening are creators and mm. we have the absolute privilege of, you know, not doing things live a lot yeah. of the time. So yeah. we can actually like go through it and edit different parts. And if I mess something up, I can just say it again, yeah. which a lot of people don't realize that a lot of creators do. Sometimes people will message me be like, I'm really struggling because I can't get it right in one take. And I'm like, you're trying to film an entire YouTube video in one take. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. keep on redoing things until I feel like I've got it right. Yeah. So I know for a lot of creators, one of the things that we do struggle with is how do we let our kind of personality shine when we're filming? Even if we've got the privilege of going back through things and editing them, sometimes we're focusing so hard on the message that we're trying to deliver mm -hmm. that it becomes quite stale. Yeah. Do you have any tips for anyone who's feel, who feels like they're in, experiencing that right now? If they're feeling like it's stale, as in like they're just they're they're just sort of going for the motions with it, or yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think you've got to try and remember why you're doing it. If I'm, I mean, I'm I'm flirting with YouTube as well, mm. and sometimes I think to myself like, oh, I'm just dialing this in. Mm. You know, I'm not actually, this isn't the real me. Like, mm -hmm. why am I doing this? So I might actually take a break and then rethink the whole angle, which is kind of like counterintuitive, but I think it works because if you're forcing it, whilst yes, you're on deadlines, yes, you've got like, you might have a schedule to, to meet with your uploads, et cetera. Yeah. But if it's not working yeah. on that particular moment, then come back to it uh, and re-angle it, reword it, do something different. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying it's the, the answer, yeah. but you may try and get it done and then push it out and then think to yourself, hmm, it wasn't as good as I'd like it to have been. Mm. And that's fine. That's fine. You've 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 exceeded a deadline in your you, you've sorry, you've met a deadline in your head and you've 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 achieved that. Great. But then if it's not feel if you're not feeling it, if you're not mm. if it's not working for you, then something needs to change in the process. What that is, I'm not sure. Whether it's the camera angle, whether it's the whether it's what you're wearing, whether it's the environment you're in, whether it's the content of your words. Yeah. It could be something to do with that. I find that often if I just change the dynamic up, mm. I feel much better for it. Mm. Or if I do it later on in the day, mm. if I do it first thing when I get up, depending mm. on what, what it is I'm, mm. I'm trying to get done, I often find the time of the day and the angle is the thing that stops me from like, you know, making it sort of come to fruition. Yeah. I always find like changing something, some element of it can yeah. help. That's really, really good advice. This you morning think? I was filming two YouTube videos. So I yeah. normally like, if I know I'm going to be filming something, I just film the whole yeah. day. Yeah. So I filmed two YouTube videos and the first one I started twice. Yeah. It was three times. And by the time I was ready to do the last take, what actually worked, yeah. it was because I'd gone back to my notes and I was like, let's rejig this. Okay. It's not working. So it was the exact thing that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I yeah, tried yeah. it twice and I was like, this isn't working. Mm. <laughs> Something's got to 
give. Something's got to change. I reviewed my notes, moved yeah. some. It was literally just like I just put different talking points in paragraphs. I just restructured them. And I was like, cool, yeah. this feels better now, you know? Yeah. And that actually brings me on to another point, which you may or may not have a strong opinion on. But a lot of people ask me, should I be scripting my videos or should I just be writing prompts? Because I always say that I do prompts. Yeah. That is, as I mentioned, it's what makes me feel like it allows me to talk freely and my personality to come out. Mm -hmm. When I script, because I'm not trained in it, mm -hmm. I struggle to have the same kind of emotion as, you know, as when I'm just speaking. So what's your thoughts on that? Scripting or, or prompts, or you mean? Prompts. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I would always try and do prompts if possible mm. in terms of being more natural. The scripting side of things, it's, um, I think, I think personally, you have to be very far down the line with mm. your comfort level of how you are on screen with that and also your voice too, because like your example of the auto cue when you're sort of reading mm. or trying to focus to read it and, yeah. and it becomes a bit more of a, of a task to read it, let yeah. alone say it. Yeah. <laughs> I would suggest that after a while, because then you can stumble on a word as well. If a yeah. word's out of place or if something's not quite what you think it is, mm. that can often trip you up. And then if that happens, it takes a bit of process to get back on track again. Mm. Whereas if you're prompting yourself with just bullet points and you know the subject, your knowledge is there, mm. that's going to come across way better than anything that's purely scripted. So I'll always say prompts are better than mm. scripting. However, some people, they may get lost if they've only got a prompt and they don't know what's coming next. Mm. So they're not that comfortable in the knowledge or the subject matter. Therefore, scripting would help them out better, but then it maybe is less natural. So it's a two-way street. You've got to balance it. I think if you're knowledgeable about the subject, mm. if you're really passionate about it, you're experienced in it, you are really keen to show people like you know your your energy on camera with it then i'd prompt all yeah. the time you make all the time such a good point there because i would and that leads me on to something else i was thinking is i would say if you are creating content about one specific topic so yeah. you've picked a niche and you find it difficult to freely mm. speak about it then yeah. i would probably think maybe rethink the niche yeah because it sounds like maybe it's different if it's one thing you're referring to and yeah, yeah again yeah but if it's the main topic of your content and you feel like it's difficult for you to freely speak about it, yeah, yeah. it's probably going to cause you some problems further down the line. I agree with you. you know? I fully agree with you. I actually think, um, I mean, you could probably try scripting something. I, for example, if I was to try and do something on finance, it's not necessarily, I mean, obviously I've got a, a degree in that side of things mm -hmm. with it, but it's not my my specialist, not no. my niche. So if I was to talk about something like really detailed within that, I would need to script something yeah. because it's not my... And you want to make sure you want it right. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be right. It's got to be, you know, uh, you've got to sound authoritative on it. I could easily script something. Mm. I could get away with it because I'm experienced. I've done mm. done this for 15 plus years. But if you're doing that on the regular mm. and if you're really having to work hard to get that script together, mm. think of the work you're putting in to make something you're not that knowledgeable on yeah. sound passable. Yeah, yeah. Like it's going to take away a lot of your passion yeah. and your energy. Yeah. So if you've got something that you're really, you really love, you're really yeah. into, you don't need to think about it. Yeah. You can just prompt that, bang it out. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Job's done. And if you wanted to script something even more detailed, you'd even, you'd smash that too, but it'd yeah. take you less effort. Yeah. It's the path of least resistance. Yeah, for sure. And I always think if anyone's listening and thinking, oh, but I don't have another alternative, you do. Yeah. There's always something else that you're more passionate about for yeah. some reason that you've ignored because you think it's not interesting for whatever reason. There will always be something else that you're more passionate about. And there will always be a group of people who are also passionate about it. Agreed. Like there's a lot of people out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I think people are very um, obsessed with the niche and obsessed with um, what it is they should do mm. and is that the only thing they should do mm. 
I just think if you're if you enjoy talking about a subject, mm. go for it. Mm. The rest will hopefully work itself out. I'm no expert, but just from a presenting point of view, yeah. If you're passionate about something, if you love the subject, mm. and if you want to, you know, expand. Exp- expound that knowledge onto other people mm. where they can get your passion for it then just go for it you know yeah. it's so i mean it's easy for me to say because i'm in an area where i've been one presenting for so long and two fairly skilled and, and I'm, I'm sort of far down the line with mm. with kind of my career in that sense but i think if you're starting out it's very easy to get discouraged isn't it especially when you realize the amount of work that's involved in it but if you're already if you've already got your niche and your passion and you're determined mm. there shouldn't be any barriers yes i agree i very much agree so if there's anyone listening who's like okay do you know what I want to go into presenting. I want to be on TV. A lot of creators see that as a path, which I'm trying to think, is that a common path that people take? Because I I see a lot of like creators who do presenting gigs like online. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe that is like a path that a lot of people see as one that could be one for them. What tips would you give them? I think... In terms of like transitioning to do more presenting yeah. online, it's very, uh, you mean like for different brands or for, for, for different for brands? Different uh, we actually and stuff. once had, we had Giselle, who's a good friend of mine who yeah. works for Channel 4. And yeah. Channel 4 do a lot of stuff with creators. Yeah, they do. That yeah. type of yeah. work. I know a lot of creators would love to go down that road. Yeah, no, absolutely. BBC are doing a lot of that as well oh. now. And I think Sky are too, actually. I think okay. all of them are. Everybody's. Oh, this is great news for no, absolutely. Because it means there's going to be yeah. more opportunities. <laughs> 100%. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a new uh, area which, the traditional broadcasters are very keen to 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 utilize and exploit so there are massive opportunities like that with these various broadcasters production companies i don't know if the top of my head what is happening commissioning wise mm, but there are things that are going on mm. always mm. absolutely always especially if you've got an audience mm. that's younger particularly diverse is really into you as a as a personality and if you're somebody that would fit into the the pile effectively yeah. would fit in with the family yeah you know if you've got no extremist views for example or whatever mm. if you're mm. or if you're like you know very like sort of you know safe for them yes then i say there's no barrier for that at yeah. all i would suggest working on your like your own niche your presentation craft show that you can maybe do a show that you would like to do Maybe have like a showreel put together, yes. host that on a on a channel or a platform somewhere mm. and maybe like throw out a few emails to people, producers ideally, mm. to say, are there any opportunities within this, this or this? I'm really keen to do more presenting. This is my reel. This is what I can do. Here we go. This is just in case you were potentially yeah. thinking about it. Don't necessarily go in saying like, I want to present this, this and this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always a good way to plant the seed and then build from there. So if anybody is keen to try and do more presenting, that's, that's the way I would suggest to do it. Showcase a bit of a showreel. A showreel is really important because we'll always want to see a showreel, uh, whether that is presenting to camera like out and, out and about or in a studio or, you know, in, in your environment where you're currently doing your content. Yeah. Anything that showcases you as your as your personality. If you're interviewing people, even better, great. But if not, then just get as much together as possible of you being you on on camera and then get it out to people where you think commissioning may be possible. But sometimes people may come to you as well. If you're doing well enough on your own platforms, the outreach is much better now. The the, the scouting, if you like, Mm is much more um, profound. Mm. So you are more likely to get discovered from that perspective if you're just doing your thing. Amazing. 
Okay, right. Well, before we go, I do want to talk to you about Manzilla. Thank you. Can yes. you tell us a bit more about this platform that you've built? Yeah, so Manzilla, it's a passion project of mine. It's all about helping guys become better versions of themselves. It's all about promoting honest, decent, hardworking guys who uh, maybe are, are struggling in the current environment with how it's changing. Change is a huge issue, mm. I think, for, for guys, particularly of my generation, early 40s <laughs> uh, and late 30s and, um, and younger as well, actually. Uh, also promoting better mental health, uh, mental health within men, as we all know now is such a an issue it's sort of mainstream now but i think that the way that it's talked about is sort of like quite surface level mm. i think digging deeper and getting into the real like trauma led things that that men have issues you know opening up about is something i'm really keen to try and try and get into yeah. and then um promote escapism as well promote escapism is really big because getting away from the norm from the grind from the hustle culture that we're all in effectively is uh, is so important because escapism you know going to the cinema last night went to see beekeeper mm. that is escapism for me although it's quite an intense film <laughs> uh it's a brilliant film but i loved it it's escapism so things like that little things spa days you know mm. like Going out and exercising, things like that. It's escapism. Anything that gets you out of the bubble of your head. Mm. I'm all about that. And I do uh, news for my website for it, man-zilla.com. And I've got a podcast, the Manzilla Men's Podcast, which okay. I host and have various guests on. So it'd be great if anyone can listen to that or watch any of the, the yeah, videos or read. Below. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so that's for me is like my big passion project with, well, ongoing, to be honest. It's not, it will never change within me. It will it'll always be something I'm really into. Mm. And um, I just feel like we're at the, the start of hopefully something bigger when it comes to discussion within men. Because I, I just look at some of the ways that women discuss things and talk about issues and we're still light years behind. So I'm hoping to try and tackle some of that with it. Yeah. I'm not trying to change anyone's thinking, not mm. trying to change anybody's like mindset. I'm not trying to, you know, tell people how to be at all. Mm -hmm. It's just promoting different ways of discussing things. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks. I love hearing you talk about it because you could tell you're like super passionate oh, thank about you. it. Thank you. And also it's so amazing that you've built something that gives you so much purpose. Thank you. Yeah. It, alongside having such a great career, oh, you know. Thank you. Yeah. It's very much like uh, something that is always going to be ongoing within me. Yeah. It's different to the, the day job. In a sense, it utilizes the skills of the day job, but it's different because it's um, it's almost like my outlet for what I want to do with life. Yeah. And it feels like it's it feels very like sort of, I don't know, get quite sort of like emotional, emotional about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah, because it just feels like it's just right in a sense. Yeah. Not many people do it, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of like opening up and discussing. And it's just for me, if I can try and help with that, it's, mm -hmm. you know, I've been privy to people who've been affected by various things in, in that dynamic. Mm. And it's just very, uh, yeah, it just means a lot, basically. It just yeah. means a lot. Yeah. So that's kind of why I chose to do it. And it's uh, hopefully something I can try and build. It's early stages. So, yeah, just gradually bit by bit. That's the thing I was going to ask you as well about yeah. how to, not not how to, but like, you know, how you effectively build something like that. It's mm -hmm. it's something you just have to, I guess, grow with and just you just go with really in a sense. Yeah, it's something to go with. There's there's sometimes you can do things which yeah. can give you more power yeah. over its growth. And I'm always, when you know, when you're starting something brand new, yeah. especially the way social media works at the minute, I'm always in favor of like the more manual yeah. tactics you can do. So things like collaborating is one of the biggest things that you could do that really helped me out when I first started this yeah. podcast channel and being really specific with driving reach to yeah. it from existing channels you have. Yeah. So you probably have a lot of connections out there, like mm. leveraging them like the same way I'm going to be mentioning all of your links in the show notes. Yeah. Like, reach out to people who you know have a bit of an audience and see if there's something of value you can give them. Yeah. And in return, they can help spread the word for you. Like that's the best thing in the early stages for sure. Because right. then you'll get momentum for that. And once right. you've started to get a bit of a following, everything else becomes a lot easier. Yeah. But yeah, 
the start, you've got to be really like aggressive with it. Yeah, right. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, you've got to really yeah. be manual and just kind of take it into your own hands. Gotcha. Mm. Gotcha. Brilliant. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Well, chance, you. No, thank you. Nice one. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Gavin. And yeah, I'll leave all your links below so everyone can find out more about both yourself and Manzilla. Thanks, Jade. Much appreciated. Thank you. You've just listened to an episode of The Creator Project. We upload new episodes every single week. So if you've not hit that subscribe or follow button yet, then what are you doing? Be sure to hit subscribe or follow before you leave so that you don't miss out on our new content. If you feel like supporting our podcast, we would absolutely love it if you could leave us a review and share our podcast with someone else who might get value from it. Don't forget to hit us up on our social links can be found in the show notes thanks again we'll speak soon